0: Hi crypto world, welcome back to the Founder Series. Today on the show, Chris Sparks is interviewing Francesco Gadaleta, the founder of FitChain.io and senior advisor to Abe AI. FitChain is a decentralized machine learning platform that combines blockchain technology and AI to solve the data manipulation problem in restrictive environments such as healthcare and financial institutions. FitChain has a partnership in place with BigchainDB and Ocean Protocol, Two of the projects that we've recently featured on Crypto Radio. To get all the links and show notes from this episode, go to CryptoRadio.io FitChain. This episode is brought to you by BitGuild.io. BitGuild is a new gaming platform built using blockchain technology. Their mission is to redefine the relationship between gamers and game developers. On the BitGuild platform, gamers maintain full ownership and control of their virtual items, which are stored on the blockchain. They can transfer items and progress between compatible games, and they can make in-game transactions safely and cheaply, and sometimes free. Developers who join the platform will get a direct link to an established player base with a strong community and a network of like-minded developers building on the same platform. Developers will also have the potential for direct game development funding from BitGuild. The first version of the BitGuild portal is now live. You can log in with MetaMask, buy the plat token and play BitGuild's first game, Ether Online. They now have a full inventory wallet system for in-game items. In the coming weeks, the marketplace will be implemented and several independent developers are joining the site to bring their unique games to the BitGuild family. Go to CryptoRadio.io slash play to start playing and join the BitGuild official Discord server to connect with the team.
1: Welcome to Crypto Radio. We interview the top thinkers and entrepreneurs in the blockchain and cryptocurrency industry. We also cover topics like trading, investing, and ICOs. We're your hosts, Mike Gilliland, Michael Pohl, Chris Sparks, and Uvi Benova. We're entrepreneurs, crypto investors, and co-founders of a new blockchain investment platform called Cosyndicate.io. We created Co-Syndicate and Crypto Radio to make crypto investing a better experience for you. If you're new to the show and you'd like a list of our top episodes and resources, go to cryptoradio.io/start. If you like our podcast, you can subscribe, share and follow us on social media and leave us a rating and review on iTunes and elsewhere. It helps others find the show and we really appreciate it. You can find all those links at cryptoradio.io/start.
2: Okay, uh, Francesco, how's it going today? Hey, Christopher. Hi, how are you doing?
3: I'm very well, thanks.
2: So Francesco is from FitChain.io. And Francesco, go ahead and hit us with your elevator pitch.
3: Yeah, sure. Well, FitChain.io is a platform that allows data scientists to write machine learning models on data they cannot see. And it's uh, indicated for organizations, what we call the data owners, that are basically highly regulated environments and that cannot share their data. In this relationship between data owners or slash organizations and data scientists, of course, there is, uh, you know, they are dealing with the non trustworthy environment. So nobody can trust anyone. And that's why we leverage blockchain technology to keep the process consistent in an environment where nobody can trust anyone.
2: Great. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about why you started the project and what excites you about it.
3: Yeah, well, the project is kind of the result of a few years of thinking and tinkering about this. As a background, I've been working in highly regulated environments. One of my previous experiences in data science and artificial intelligence is at Johnson & Johnson, a large pharmaceutical company. I've also worked for financial institutions, researching Institutions. And there was a common issue there uh, or slash challenge, uh, which was all these organizations were basically dealing with data that was very hard to bring outside the organization and allow people to work on their data. And so their need was to write machine learning models, to hire data scientists, to do artificial intelligence. But the problem was that they couldn't really manipulate this data easily because. There were a lot of industrial secrets. There were highly sensitive data and stuff like that. And so I got kind of inspired by this need and I tried to build a platform that would basically fill the gap between very restricted environments like the Johnson and Johnsons of the world and of course, global pool of data scientists out there that want to work on data they can never access.
2: Okay, so what industry are you guys targeting, at least in the beginnings of this? What do you see as like your break-in industry?
3: Well, for sure, healthcare providers and what experts defined as precision medicine. Precision medicine is basically medicine 2.0, in a way, that is aggregating data from genetics, medical claims, traditional lab tests, patients' demographics, and stuff like that, and to predict risks of a certain disease. So, It's basically an infiltration of data science in healthcare. So this is one of the major customer profiles for feed chain. Of course, also research institutions. Many researchers need to execute, perform their machine learning models, or even validate their assumptions on data that are usually locked behind bureaucracy and uh, highly regulated environments. Another customer profile we identified is definitely banking services, so financial institutions. They have exactly the same problems.
2: Okay, so give us a run through of maybe your favorite customer profile that describes the problem exactly as the customer sees it and how you solve that problem.
3: Sure. Well, my favorite on a personal level is definitely healthcare. I'm very passionate about healthcare and precision medicine. And I believe that FitChain fits very well because it allows, as I said, data scientists to manipulate data they cannot see. So let me give an example. Imagine you have an hospital or a a clinic, and they are collecting a certain amount of data. Let's think about medical images for cancer, skin cancer, lung cancer, these type of things. So of course, one thing that a clinic wants to do is to provide to their patients a diagnosis as fast as they can, right? And so all these environments that are basically switching their pathology labs to machine learning, and so to automate the process of delivering diagnosis, well, these clinics basically want to open the doors to their private data, the medical images, to a global pool of scientists out there willing to write machine learning models. And uh, of course, in this process, they cannot give the data away. And also they want to reward, so to speak, the patients for submitting this data, their private data. And so they would like to basically give back to the data owner a reward in the form of, you know, in economic form or even by providing them a diagnosis. And at the same time, they would like data scientists to work on data without having the data scientists running away with the patient's data.
2: Maybe if there's anyone in the audience that doesn't fully understand that, maybe can you describe who is doing this currently without sort of the AI and blockchain technologies that are built into your solution? How are people taking advantage of data now without those two technologies, or is anyone? To
3: the best of my knowledge, there is a lot of centralization in this domain. I don't really know if there's anyone doing this, especially combining blockchain technology, AI, and private data, even though there are several technologies that maybe allow that. But what I found with my research, it's what I've personally observed currently on the scene, is a lot of centralization. And so it's much easier for a research institution or a research hospital to store this data, to pull this data in a protected environment they control, and then operate this data, manipulate this data by, you know, subscribing a non-disclosure agreements, the traditional way of locking people in contracts so that they cannot run away with the data from a legal perspective. So to answer your question, no, I haven't seen this before. And that's why I think that FitChain could be probably the first step towards that.
2: So the current landscape kind of looks like a bunch of islands, let's say like in the Pacific somewhere, and they're all completely separated by water, right? So that's like sort of the centralization of these research institutions. But what FitChain does is it builds a blockchain AI solution that actually builds bridges between all the islands so that they can actually start acting as a network and fully taking advantage of the data, correct?
3: Correct. So they can not only aggregate the data in a private fashion so they keep the data private while still aggregating it and they also allow to perform machine learning models on private data and so the thesis of feed chain is do not move the data move the model bring the model where the data is stored i have this classic example it's quite funny if i have to send a cake from europe to the united states i better not send a cake i just send the
2: recipe right Right, exactly, yeah. Okay, so they run FitChain remotely and then they're able to deploy it globally.
3: Yeah, so in the FitChain platform, basically there are two actors, the data owner and the data scientist. They both run what we call the FitChain pod and the pod will start orchestrating the relationship between data owners and data scientists. And so the data owner will basically expose how the data look like without exposing the real data to the data scientists who want to participate and solve the problem. On the other side, the data scientists are running their own feed chain pod, and they will basically do machine learning by this feedchain pod, which is basically a, a very nice user interface that they can run in their browser or in their favorite IDE. And they basically ship the machine learning code straight to the organization and the organization, actually the feed chain part at the organization, will start training the model on behalf of the data scientist.
2: Great. And are there any other technologies that the audience might be sort of familiar with, at least, that are enabling you to do this aside from AI and blockchain? For example, I know you work with BigchainDB.
3: Yeah. So, well, there are several technologies that we have used, especially for our proof of concepts. One is definitely BigchainDB a decentralized database. We used it for storing all these transactions that get generated during model training. And that's pretty nice technology because it allows us to operate within federated blockchains. And so that's quite common, especially in healthcare. So you might have organizations that do not want to be on a public ledger. So they do not want to be, for instance, on the Ethereum blockchain, but they want to control their own blockchain and let other recognized organizations to participate to a federated blockchain. And that's when BigchainDB plays a, a very important role there. We also provide the same platform for Ethereum, so on the public Ethereum blockchain. And I must say that we are kind of blockchain technology agnostic in the sense that we can work, of course, with some rewriting, but we can decouple, in a sense, the blockchain technology underneath from the major feed chain platform.
2: Could you maybe explain for the audience what blockchain is? Yeah. So
3: very briefly, the way I think of, of blockchain, if I had to explain that to my mom, my mom understands what a database is. And uh, what I say is blockchain is a database that has no owner but as many multiple owners. And so the idea that once you have a database with multiple owners, nobody can actually tamper with it. And uh, every change that any single owner will uh, perform on that database will be seen and judged by all the others. (laughs) So basically that's a very interesting thing for us because in the process of decentralizing any type of business, That's exactly what you want, a database to store stuff, but you don't want to own that.
2: That started as a joke, actually, because I thought it'd be funny to ask you on my blockchain podcast, could you please tell us what blockchain (laughs) is? That might actually be um, a good way of sort of segueing into a little bit more about your product timeline. So could you tell us a little bit about how far along your project is?
3: Well, I started this project officially in October last year. Officially means just when we established the company and all the legal aspects, but we're actually working on this for a bit more than one and a half
2: years. Okay. And how far along is the project? Do you have an MVP? What stage are you at?
3: Yeah, currently we have an MVP and that's what we show to our potential customers and partners. And uh, we have a functional MVP where we can do exactly what I just mentioned. We have also a UI, a user interface, in order to increase adoption and also explain better to non-technical people what's really being sold here. And uh, we also have several partnerships, one in particular with Ocean Protocols and uh, BigchainDB guys for the technological aspects of Fitchain.
2: Great. So what does the roadmap look like for you guys in the next six to 12 months?
3: Well, we are currently validating all the assumptions that we had and also increasing the security of the feed chain platform. We forged a term which we call proof of train is a way to guarantee that the model is truly trained at the organization. As I said before, this is an untrusted environment, right? So anyone can be lying. Anyone can be cheating this is a fully decentralized thing so in this environment an organization can be lying about training a model when they're not and so we have this proof of train concept that has a lot of technicalities I'm not going into the details now but we are validating that that aspect and also another security that we are validating this is still on the roadmap which is once you allow people to submit code and you don't authenticate these people, you don't want that code to go around the organization and probably tamper and make damage, right? So there is this containerization or kind of jailing code that we have been doing so far, and we are validating all the engineering work around this. On the roadmap, in the next few months, we are extending the portfolio of machine learning libraries. We currently support Scikit-learn, but we want to extend that to other Python libraries for data scientists, for instance, Keras, TensorFlow, which are the most common ones. And then we would like to move towards what we call feed chain for consumer. And so we believe pretty much in having one feed chain pod for every device, which means everywhere you have data, you can have a pod that orchestrates this data with the community and allows you to Let's say rent your data without giving it up or giving it away so that you can start monetizing your data. And we believe that this data can come from any device, like from your mobile phone, from your PlayStation, probably your electricity, smart meter at home or probably your Tesla if you have one.
2: OK, so built into this proof of train, is this sort of like a zero knowledge proof type of solution?
3: Yeah, it's a combination of technologies, and yeah, zero knowledge is one of those as well. We use, of course, cryptographic hashing, you know, in the style of uh, how Ethereum blocks get generated and validated. But we also use you know, zero knowledge proofs for model validation. Model validation is, for those who are not technical, it's basically once you train the model, you claim it performs with an accuracy of, let's say, 95 percent. Well, I have to verify that because you might be claiming things that are not true. And so in that process, you need something that is called proof of train, which are these logs generated during model training that anyone can inspect so that, you know, there is a traceability so that the model becomes traceable on the blockchain. And of course, we don't want anyone to tamper with that information after the model has trained.
2: Okay, so aside from having FitChain pod on every device and being able to prove 95% accuracy or certainty, what else looks like success for FitChain to you? How do you determine success in moving forward?
3: Well, definitely number of adoptions. So number of projects, uh, of course, that get created on the FitChain platform. That's a metric that we are measuring. And definitely the attention that we get, the traction that we get from these highly regulated environments. For us, it is very important that healthcare institutions, research hospitals, and all these highly regulated environments that I defined before call us and uh, express their interest in the feed chain platform. That's a metric of success for us.
2: Okay, great. So let's move on to team. Who is your core team? And maybe you can tell us a little bit about them. Sure.
3: Well, we are very few at the moment. We are just three people. I started this alone, wrote the first version of it, and then I met Dan Gerrits from Belgium. is uh, currently the CTO. He's a super smart guy. He's been working for large corps like KBC, uh, VRT, which is the first Belgian uh, TV channel. And he's uh, pretty much a software engineer and data engineer as a background. And the uh, very recently, Matthias de Vrind, another software engineer from Belgium, joined us and he's more a UX, UI engineer. And so he's rewriting you know, all the stuff that people see of FitChain.
2: Okay, great. So on a fundamental level, what brings you guys together? What's the value drivers that you guys share? So the three of you must share in common some fundamental reason for creating the future in this way. What would you say that is?
3: Well, definitely, we are all amazed by the centralizing things. Uh, So we all share that as a, I would not say life goal, but definitely a professional goal. For us, it's extremely important. We have been dealing with exactly the same problems because we have been working in the same environments, very highly regulated. And we all believe that that's the future of many businesses today. So that's definitely one thing that helps. Definitely, this team is very small, as you can see, but we already complement each other. So there are skills that we don't have, but we have all together. And so, for instance, I'm pretty much sure that Matthias and Dan don't have a very deep understanding of data science, and that's why I'm there. But I also don't have a very deep understanding of UI and UX or uh, all the nitty-gritty of, of data engineering and platforms, and that's where Dan and Matthias are for. So we complement each other, and that's extremely important, especially at the beginning where a small startup don't have a lot of time and a lot of resources to make things happen.
2: Okay, and did you guys all meet in Leuven in Belgium?
3: Yes, we did, because I'm still based there. My place is there, and uh, I've been spending the last 10 years of my life in in Belgium since my PhD at KU Leuven. And yes, we share also the same geographic location.
2: Okay, so outside of the three of yours, is anyone advising you on this? Not at the moment. Of course, we are very tightly connected
3: to the BigchainDB team. And so uh, definitely Dimitri De Jonge is uh, one advisor on, uh, for instance, the technical primer that we published recently. On the website, and also many other discussions that we had together with Trent, uh, Trent McConig, uh, the CTO of uh, BigchainDB and Ocean, also Don, and you know all the guys at BigchainDB pretty much are advising on this. But we haven't identified an advisor yet. We are pretty early stage at the moment.
2: Okay, maybe we can go into a little bit about the marketing strategy you guys have. What's your go-to-market strategy with FitChain?
3: Well, FitChain is a service that is defined as a B2B product, right? So business-to-business business is quite slow, as you as you might know. And um, in terms of marketing, I believe that we have to find a way to incentivize organizations to move or to use or to adopt the feed chain platform for their internal problems. And so are you familiar with Kaggle?
2: No, I'm not personally, no.
3: So Kaggle is a, just to explain where I'm going with the market strategy. So let me introduce one second Kaggle. Kaggle is a data science platform that allows organizations to create contests online where data scientists can apply. The big issue of Kaggle however is that organizations have to upload their data to the Kaggle platform. And so this data will be basically can be downloaded freely by anyone who participates to these contests. With fitchain we found that we are pretty much on the same page there, except that organizations are not forced to publish any data. And so as a market strategy, we're going to incentivize companies and data scientists with rewards on projects that get submitted by organizations. So every time an organization wants to solve a problem, for instance, predicting the risk of diabetes on very private data that people will never see, they create a project on the FeedChain platform, and uh, on that project, the FeedChain team will assign a reward for whoever data scientists out there who want to solve that problem. And of course, the winner, uh, you know, the best model wins. So that's kind of the marketing strategy we are going to use for FeedChain.
2: Okay, and and are you doing any sort of like token sale or any ICO type of thing?
3: Not at the moment. We are pretty early for that we are thinking about that of course it will come around uh, june 2019 that's a very tentative date of course but that will be the result of uh, you know after bringing fit chain for consumer remember having one fit chain pod for every device we will officially start what we have called the IOP <laughs> internet of pods uh, <laughs> instead of IoT <laughs> and uh, and uh, of course We are going to design the FitChain token, FitCoin, to monetize data and models in the Internet of Pods. But the idea is to get traction first in the stage of the Internet of Pods and then design a token, which will not be a currency. I want to, you know, be quite strict on that. It will not be another currency. It will just be a token to operate on the FitChain platform much easier.
2: Okay, great. So we should be expecting something in, you said, June 2019. Maybe there's like some sort of a way that we can get more involved as the crowd?
3: Yes, uh, we will work together with uh, our partners for that. And uh, definitely on the website, it will be communicated by time.
2: Okay, great. So tell us a little bit about you. Like, what is it really first got you into blockchain?
3: Well, I'm a computer engineer by background. I graduated in uh, computer engineering at Politecnico di Milano specialization in artificial intelligence and robotics. And before going to the blockchain, I must say that I did my PhD at the K11, exactly the same university of a few guys at BigchainDB. I didn't know that. (laughs) We found out. And I worked with software security there. Now, as for blockchain, I'm uh, kind of a late adopter in the sense that I got close to Ethereum in uh, early 2016. But before that I was kind of, you know, following a bit Bitcoin. I was not investing of course, but I was just, you know, passionate about it, uh, just understanding how things work. But what really made the difference was early 2016 when I got to know the Ethereum platform, the Ethereum blockchain because that really changed everything. Before 2015 actually, we were thinking about blockchain as uh, merely financial transactions, right? And so a ledger that allows someone to exchange currency. While with Ethereum, everything changed. And so with Ethereum, we could execute code on top of a blockchain, which was amazing because that means we can run any program that we want. And when they told us that that code was also Turing complete, even though it's not 100% that, but there is a lot of stuff that we could start doing on a blockchain, you know, by just executing code. And so early 2016, I started reading again as a personal interest. Yeah, I started reading the the yellow paper by Gavin Wood, which is the mathematical specification of the Ethereum protocol. And then I read you know all the consensus algorithms, of course all the mathematical explanations and formal specifications of for instance Casper, which is the proof-of-stake protocol that is being adopted only now. And so I started reading all these things, and it was amazing. I mean, because I could understand, it made sense from a mathematical perspective, and I really believed it was changing the game. It would have changed the game, and that's happening.
2: Great. So what is the future on blockchain in general? I know what it looks like with FitChain with the multiple pods, but what is like your ideal future with the enabling power of AI and blockchain look like? Francesco?
3: Oh, that's more a philosophical question.
2: (laughs) That's what I'm going for.
3: (laughs) Well, definitely, this is changing the way we think about everything. Technology is kind of, is opening many more doors than we believed existed before this. Of course, blockchain is not new as a technology. It's something from the 90s. And even before, they just didn't call it like that. Like cryptographers are familiar with the mathematics behind that, but it's the community. That's the difference. That's what I'm seeing. And it's something that I didn't see for a long period after the Linux kernel that was, you know, in the 90s, it was developed basically online. And I'm seeing this again with, uh, for instance, with the Ethereum community and these super active communities dealing with blockchain and blockchain related projects. So that's something that is really cool because. It didn't happen for a while. Another thing that will definitely happen is decentralizing the decentralizable. (laughs) Whatever can be decentralized will be. I'm pretty sure about that. It will take some time because it's hard to let people get out of their comfort zone. But sooner or later, that will happen. Banks are, in my opinion, banks and financial services are only the first to be affected by this. And, you know, we have seen many times how governments have been trying to shut blockchain down with regulations, but it's not with regulations that you keep people quiet, right? If a technology has to be disruptive, it will be eventually. So that's what I'm seeing with the decentralization. And uh, definitely in more technical terms, well, many problems are not solvable with computer science, merely computer science. But they are when we start combining things, when we start combining, for instance, game theory, crypto economics and computer science and cryptography. You know, when you use multiple technologies and you put them at the disposal of a scientist to solve a problem that was unsolvable with just computer science, well, that really changes the game.
2: Awesome. Francesco, I really want to thank you for coming on the show today. Where can we find out more about the FitChain project?
3: Yeah, we have a website, FitChain.io, and we are also starting a newsletter on the website. You can, of course, contact us. We are pretty responsive. And yeah, FitChain.io is the website of reference for FitChain project.
2: Real quick, in like one or two sentences, why should people get involved in your project? Because
3: we will start from healthcare and eventually we'll move anywhere else there's data. So data is the new oil, right? Yeah. Let's decentralize
2: it. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Francesco. <laughs>
3: you're very welcome. Thanks for having me here.
0: All right. That's it for this episode. To get all the links and show notes, go to cryptoradio.io slash fitchain. And to check out the first version of our sponsor's BitGuild gaming platform, go to cryptoradio.io play.
1: If you're new to the show and you'd like a list of our top episodes and resources, go to cryptoradio.io start. If you like our podcast, you can subscribe, share and follow us on social media and leave us a rating and review on iTunes and elsewhere. It helps others find the show and we really appreciate it. You can find all those links at Cryptoradio.io slash start. And finally, if you want to be a sponsor of our show, go to Cryptoradio.io slash sponsor. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.